So is it finally time to start the eulogy for this hockey team 81 out of 82 games in? Yeah, I think it might be. Coming up right after this drop, we're going to get into everything that happened from that game against Chicago. What should happen moving forward? All about this team and where it's going to be headed for a very earlier summer than I think a lot of us expected to happen coming into the season that's coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Animal Store Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. So, Blackhawks 5, Penguins 2. Uh, yeah. That actually happened last night. I've been trying all day to, you know, last night and all day, just to figure out the words to express onto today's show. It's definitely going to be probably one of the harder ones I've ever had to record for you all, but I think I have a good idea of what I want to say and everything. Um, first off, I understand you know, that Ron Hextall has done a horrendous job this season, but I don't think last night was, you know, quote unquote, his fault. I mean, it was kind of his fault because you saw a lot of the roster flaws on display, but I don't think he told almost every player on that team to have a bad game. I think outside of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, I don't really think anyone else showed up last night. Uh, Chris Letang, who's been really good since coming back from the injuries and obviously his father passed away in the stroke. I don't think he had a good game last night. Probably one of his worst games of the season came at a very bad time. But outside of 87 and 71, I don't think anyone else bothered to show up. And that's kind of concerning. To, and that, that's very concerning to me. Um, Gino gets the goal. Sidney Crosby was robbed about four to five, maybe six chances. Um, and <clears throat> all the hits were on display again. You know, despite the fact that no one really else showed up, the Penguins outplayed the Blackhawks. They were better in shot attempts, better in scoring chances, better in expected goals, better in high danger chances. But for the second straight year, we have seen this team be really bad at finishing. They're 29th or 30th in the NHL on finishing. That was very much on display last night. Peter Morazic was playing well, but... The Penguins were just not finishing their chances like they were a couple of years ago. It's been a reoccurring theme all year. That has been one of the biggest, that's one of the biggest hits they've played this year. Secondly, <clears throat> inconsistent goaltending. And I know that people will come here and they will say to me, well, Hunter, 50 plus minutes, Tristan Jari only allowed one goal. Okay. And what was that goal that he allowed? Basically like a half unscreened shot, not even a half unscreened half screen shot from the point from Connor Murphy, who never scores, goes off the post and in. I am sorry. You need a save in that situation, especially when the Blackhawks had basically literally one shot in that period. And it was the only 
goal that was allowed. Have to make that save there. And then the third Penguins, they tie it up after they had were getting plenty of power plays. They finally get one in. The building has life. And you let a guy named Buddy Robinson, who I don't even know who the hell that guy is. I, I don't. I'm pretty sure it was his first goal in nine or ten games with the Blackhawks. The Penguins got Mark Donk last night. <laughs> like, usually it's the Penguins Mark Donking another team, but they got a nice little, you know, payback with that because I have no idea who that is. And he scores the go-ahead goal to make it 2-1. to one. I'm sorry, it'd be nice to make a save there. The 3-1 goal was even worse. Because for some reason, Tristan is going out of his net, um, chasing Athanasiu. I, I don't know what that was. He needs to stay in his net there. He doesn't. He wouldn't allow that goal. He banks up the puck off his pad or skating in. It's 3-1. Game's over. Fire Hextall chance come out. These goalies are not it. I said it on Twitter last night. I'll say it again now. They need to figure out a way to get two goaltenders on new, two brand new goaltenders on this team next season. You can't run this tandem back. I don't think you can run either of them back. The only way I think you can even bring Tristan Jari back is if you have a full fledged starter in there that can start, you know, fifty plus games. Tristan Jari is at best a one B goaltender in this league. I don't care if he's playing hurt, you know. <clears throat> He was not good enough last night. That was another big moment where the Penguins needed their number one goalie to try to play well. And I mean, I shouldn't even say try to play well because I know he's trying his best. Where they need the Penguins, the the Penguins, they need their number one goaltender to play well. And he choked again. He gave away the Islanders series. I'm not going to pick on him too much in game seven against the Rangers because he's playing on a broken foot. And I actually thought he played well in that game. But countless times this season, when you needed him to make a save, he has not. It reared its ugly head in this one. He was not good. He's not it as the starter. They need a new starting goaltender next season. No questions asked if you're asking me. Um, You know, losing to bad teams, that's been a reoccurring theme all season. I thought defensively, that, that I thought defensively they were mostly okay, but they still have a problem on the blue line. P.O. Joseph has really struggled down the stretch. Why is Dmitry Kulikov automatically getting inserted back into the lineup? Please, someone explain that to me. Like I am five. Why is he, like, why does he get minutes? Mark Freeman is a totally adequate defenseman. You don't need to play Kulikov for the sake of playing Kulikov. He wasn't good last night. He's only played a couple games here. I'm sorry. He's not good. There's no reason for it. Why are you making the change for the sake of making a change? And you're pairing him with Jan Ruda? Hard pass. They were on the ice for two of the goals. I, I, I don't know what Mike Sullivan's doing there, man. It, 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 it boggles my mind. Like, Freeman was playing totally fine. You don't need to in, insert a defensive-minded defenseman for the sake of it for no reason. Because Freeman was playing totally okay. So that reared its ugly head again. <clears throat> There was no bottom six scoring. I mean, Dan Hine got a garbage time goal. They have no depth. Their leading bottom six scorer or third liner in terms of scoring has 20, 22 points this season. 22 points. That's a below replacement level bottom six. Again, that reared its ugly head. These have been issues all year long. It's a miracle that they even got to this point with all those issues. 
it just speaks to how bad the roster was managed this summer. It also speaks to how, you know, poor Mike Sullivan has done, poor of a job Mike Sullivan has done with his deployments, with his decisions to play, you know, someone over someone else. And this season has gone down the drain because of all that. You don't fix the goaltending. You could have gotten a backup for Tristan last year. You didn't. You could have gotten another goalie at this year's deadline. You did not. This is three straight seasons of this. And you're you're paying the price. You can't do that again in the offseason. I can tell you that. You can't do that four straight years. This was, I think, in terms of the aging curves right now, this was probably their best shot at being a contender. And it's all gone to waste because of malpractice from the front office, stubbornness from the head coach, and everything in between. And it's sad. I feel awful for the core. Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang did not sign up for this. And I don't want to sit here and listen to people just blame them for garbage. I'm sorry. If you are blaming Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang for this season going down the drain, you can take your keys and go root for someone else. I have no problem saying that. I'm sorry. Those people are casual fans that only watch five or six games a season. I don't want to hear from the people that say, well, this is what you get for signing up for the retirement tour and all this stuff. Literally get out. It, it, it gets me so angry because it's just, it's not accurate. Imagine logging on to a social media site or posting on Reddit or, you know, listening to sports jock radio or something and just saying that, like, I, I can't with that. I have those kind of takes. I, I think they're so stupid. But I just feel so bad for those core players, the top six in, in general. You know, I, I, I saw this tweet last night from a Steelers report. I mean, I, I think you all, I, I think most people that are on Penguins Twitter here, um, you know, we know this Steelers reporter. And he basically said, you know, I'm sure the GM will get all the blame for this, but it's just one more of the same from this group of players all season. They haven't been good enough all year, including the Stars for stretches of time. I don't know how anyone can sit there and say that. Evgeny Malkin has almost 90 points. Sidney Crosby has almost 100 points. Chris Letang has played mostly pretty good hockey since coming back from his latest injury slash stroke slash his father passing away. Last night was standing. I will say that was a bad game. Ricard Raquel has almost 30 goals. Jason Zucker has almost 30 goals. Brian Rust, who has struggled this season, has over 20 goals. Marcus Pedersen's been their best defensive defenseman. I don't know how people can sit there and say that stuff. Like... <laughs> It, it, this is this is not on the star players. The star players have shown up all season. They showed up. They showed up last night. No one else did. This is the worst regular season loss in franchise history. I can't think of any other loss that's worse than this. Playoffs. That's a different story. But I think that's the worst regular season loss in franchise history. You know, you can go back and I think it was eighty nine ninety. You know, when the Penguins were really starting to get going, you know, Mario was there, Yager was there. And I think they lost. I believe that that loss was to the Sabres where they needed to win to get in. Lost in overtime, did not. Or I think we even needed a tie, something like that. And they didn't get in. That was that was pretty bad because you have the core there and they're in their prime. But this one, but this is probably one of your last best shots. This one stinks. And to lose like that, to a team that got in to Pittsburgh International Airport at 3 a.m. after playing the night before, barely probably got any sleep. They probably didn't get to their hotel until 3.30 or 4 a.m. 
That's embarrassing. It's disgusting to lose that game. That team is actively tanking. Legitimately, actively tanking. And you're going to go out there and you're going to lose that game with everything on the line. It's the worst regular season loss in franchise history. And it's unfortunate that we're here, we're at this point today. I didn't think I'd be probably signing up for an early offseason <clears throat> um, at this point. But that wraps up this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to touch on where we go from here. Is there even a prayer that the Penguins get in? If the Canadians can even help them out? Do, I, do we even want the Canadians to help them out? I'm going to touch on that. But before we get into that, um, you know, browse through the Game Time app. Talk about upcoming events in your area, whether it's concerts, playoff games. You know, remember, you know, I was kind of nervous I wasn't going to get, you know, tickets to a Steel Panther concert last month, but, you know, I was able to, thanks to Game Time. You know, there's plenty of flashy deals and last minute tickets on the app. They're very easy to find. You can buy tickets also for any kind of event in your area. It's, it is the place for last minute ticket deals. Again, forget planning months in advance. They have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and a whole lot more. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app right now. You can create an account and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, you can create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LRSR Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. <coughs> so, where do we go from here, right? Well, you can, clean, you can go clean out the front office. I mean, that's number one right there. Um, if this goes the way I expect it to go, and I expect the Islanders to get at least a point tonight against the Canadians, I don't think they're going to squander this again, especially being at home at UBS Arena. Um, I would clean out the front office as early as Friday. I don't care if they win or lose that game against the Blue Jackets. I would do it as soon as then. You know, NFL teams, they make decisions the night of after their season ends, whether there's a coach can be fired. They have Black Monday for a reason. They fire coaches the next day. I would do the same thing here if I were Fenway Sports Group. They have to know what's going on. This is not good enough. This general manager has bungled almost every single part of this roster. And I'm going to feel a little bad for whoever else comes in because, you know, there's be a lot of more questions because this team, they have some cap space this summer. But, man, they have a lot of bad contracts, too. You know, that Jeff Petrie deal is kind of looking bad. I don't, don't get me started on my Kyle Granlin. Jeff Carter still has one more year. It's a little bit bleak when it comes to those deals. Now, what does this mean for Mike Sullivan? I said this last night on my Twitter that I don't know how he can survive this. And I say that as someone who has rooted for Mike Sullivan throughout his tenure here who I think is the greatest head coach in franchise history. I will get pushback on that from people that support Badger Bob. Don't get me wrong. Badger Bob is right up there with Sully as one of the, as you know, like a 1A, 1B as the the best coach in franchise history. But, you know, Badger Bob, you know, may he rest in peace. He wasn't, you know, you know, he wasn't there for as long as Mike has been. And, you know, maybe he would have been 
if you know he didn't come down with what he had and passed away. But in terms of what Mike Sullivan has accomplished, I think he's the greatest coach this franchise has ever had. But you know, there comes a point where someone has reached an expiration date, and I feel like he may have here because he's been stubborn. I don't know if his things have gone stale, but he's definitely been really stubborn with his roster decisions this season. I don't think he's done a good job. And again, I say that as someone who has very much supported Mike Sullivan. But after doing a little more thinking on it, I'm curious to see if they hire a new general manager that comes in, keeps Sullivan, gives him a little bit of a clean slate. Because remember, the, that, that extension that they gave him last summer has not kicked in yet. This is the final This is the final year of the original extension that Jim Rutherford gave him. The extension kicks in, I believe, next year. So I think what they might do, the ownership group, hire a new GM, let him make the say on the coaching staff if they want to keep Sullivan, which I think they probably would, they'll do that. And if things continue to go south next year, I think a firing could happen. But right now, I don't think it's going to happen. Would I mind it? No. If if you're going to clean out Mike Sullivan, you can send his assistants with him and you can send out the whole front office. I don't mind if you want to start fresh with both of those. But you obviously do have to fire the general manager. Brian Burke, I don't even really know what he does. You have to fire the whole front office. Mike Sullivan, though, will be a more of an interesting case. Because I, I do think he is a good coach. He absolutely is. And I and I do think this season has gone wrong more due to Ron Hextall's failures, but Mike Sullivan is obviously not, um, <clears throat> you know, without criticisms. And I, I think I've laid them out here pretty good for you all. But I can see them being, hey, you know, your GM kind of screwed you. We're going to give you a clean slate here, maybe get you some players that fit your system a bit better. And we'll see how you do. And if it goes bad, you know, we'll go our separate ways. And there's also the thing to discuss, who are you going to hire to replace him? If if the last year's coaching candidates were in this year's pool, like a Bruce Cassidy, like a Jim Montgomery, I would be fine moving on, I think. I would be more fine moving on from self. Right now, who's out there? Alain Vigneault, Bruce Boudreaux. You can maybe hire Andrew Brunette from the Devils, but I think he's going to get some interviews. <clears throat> There's not many better coaches out there than Sully. So that's what gets me thinking on that. Um, if they don't make a head coaching change, then I do think they should make changes to the assistants. Uh, Mike Vellucci, I don't really know what he does, to be honest. His penalty kill has been terrible this season. Tar Reardon, I'm, you know, I was supporting him coming back because I thought he would make changes to the power play. I, th- I You can send him out too. I don't really think he's done a good of a job with that. Or, you know, if you want to keep him, just take the power play privileges away from him and hire a power play coach to come in here and fix that unit because going one for five against the Blackhawks and just being very inconsistent all season, that's not good enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is It is not. So that's really where I stand on the coaching staff in the front office. Um, <clears throat> if I if When they do make changes – and I, and I do expect them to. I think they're going to come sooner rather than later. I don't think they're going to want to wait wait around. Um, <clears throat> we're at mid-April now. The, the draft is in a couple months, June. A lot of reason about a month. I think they would want someone in within about a few weeks to a month. I don't think they would wait around. Um, <clears throat> so that's really where I stand 
on the next steps there. And, you know, in terms of on the ice, I think you're going to see a lot of changes too. I think you're going to see a lot of players moving on. Brian Dumoulin for one. Jason Zucker might be gone. Josh Archibald, you know, if you can somehow get out of Jeff Carter's contract, you can force him to retire. That would be big. If you can get somehow get out of Mikhail Granlin's contract, because he was terrible again last night, one goal in 20 games now, I think they can do hopefully do that. Got to get another, got to get a new starting goaltender this season. If I'm the new GM, uh, the first the first call I'm making is to Nashville about UC Soros. Screw it, why not? Why the hell not? And if they do, if when they hopefully do make the GM firing, I will have a list of top candidates. Uh, for an episode, I can tell you my first top choice is Eric Tolsky from Carolina. I, w- I would want him here. He is Don, Don, uh, Don Waddell's right-hand man in Carolina. He is awesome. I would go all out to try to get him out of Carolina. That's a little tease, though, if they make that move. But, <clears throat> yeah, that's all I got for this second segment. Coming up to end the show, we are going to do a little bit of a preview against the game against the Blue Jackets. I know, but it's the final one of the season. You might as well, you all may not want to hear it, but this is probably the final game preview of the season. We're going to touch on that coming up right after this commercial break. All right, we're back in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Lawrence for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So Penguins, Blue Jackets, Thursday night, 7 o'clock start in Columbus. Game is probably going to be meaningless unless the Montreal Canadiens pull something out of their butts tonight to make that a meaningful game for the Penguins. I'm recording this a little just before puck drop. I'll be stunned if the Canadiens win that game. All the Islanders need is a point. Um, they can take. They can lose an overtime or a shootout and they clinch. So um, <clears throat> I would be very stunned if the Canadiens come close to winning that game. I don't think Ilya Sorokin's going to have two crappy games. Um in a row, and I think the Islanders are going to come out with a purpose in that game. Um, but on the off chance, you know, that it is meaningful, the Penguins will have to go through a Blue Jackets team that has been ravaged by injuries, like over 500 man games lost when it comes to that. Um, I just saw today, no Boone Jenner for the last couple of games. He is done. Elvis, Mer- Elvis Merzlikens. He is done. Patrick Laine is out. Zach Wrenski, Eric Edranson, Matthew Olivier, uh, Justin Danforth, Jake Bean, Nick Blankenberg. Their lineup right now is Johnny Goudreau and a bunch of nothing. Jack Rossovich is still there. But Johnny Goudreau, Sean Corrali, Kirill Marchenko, Ken Johnson, Jack Rossovich, Trey Fix, uh, Rolanski. They have they literally had like five emergency call-ups on Tuesday. That is how banged up this team is right now. Um Carson Meyer, Hunter McCown, Liam Foudy, Emil Benstrom, and Josh Dunn, Andrew Peak, uh, Gavin Bayreuther, Tim Burney, Adam Boquist, Jay Christensen, David uh, Yurchik. This is literally Johnny Goudreau in an AHL team. It's basically the same thing as we saw in Chicago. Jonathan Taves, a washed up Tyler Johnson, Seth Jones, and a bunch of AHL players. Yeah, this is basically the same thing. The Jackets are down to their third string goaltender, Michael Hutchinson, and John Gillies, uh, third and fourth string goaltenders. No, I mean, even if the game means nothing, there's still no excuse for the Penguins to lose that game. The Jackets are terrible. The Penguins have had a long winning streak against them, spanning um, across a couple of years, across a few years now. 
Um, you know, they're 18 and three and one in the last 22 games against the Jackets dating back to February 3rd of 2017. They've won eight straight against the Blue Jackets dating back to December 12th of 2019. Um, they've only dropped the season series once to Columbus. And again, they've won eight straight against them. Sidney Crosby, watch out for him, of course, 51 points in 37 career games. Um, they've scored three or more goals in 16 of their last 19 games against the Jackets. And I assume Tristan Jari will get the start. Six and one career against them with a 2.13 goals against average and a 9.28 save percentage. Um, Jake Gensel is always a Blue Jackets killer. He almost averages a goal per game against them. You know, for this one, um, kind, you know, they're probably going to get the chances. Finish, finish, finish. For once, can this team just be above average in terms of finishing? Love to see that. Tristan Jari, make a big save when you need him to make a save. That would also be massive. Um, you know, if anyone else besides Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin want to show up, that would be big. But the Blue Jackets are playing for nothing tomorrow, like the Chicago Blackhawks aren't. You, 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 you should win that game seven days a week. But we also just said that about the Blackhawks, and we all saw where that went. So, you know, shut down Johnny Goudreau. That's the big one. If you can limit him, I think the Penguins will be just fine. They don't really have many other good scorers on this team. Jack Rosovich, it's not bad. But other than that, there's just not a lot there. There's a lot there. This is just a very banged-up hockey team. They're ready for the season to end. I think they're going to make some moves this year to try to compete next year. But this is a game the Penguins should win. Tristan Darling needs to show up. Power play needs to be better. I want to see everyone else outside of two players step up, need some depth scoring. You know, if they can do all that, they should be fine in this one. But that's just me. Um, I appreciate all of you listening slash watching to this episode. I understand it's definitely a rough one, um, but we're going to have another one of these for you all tomorrow. The final game recap of the regular season, probably the final game recap of the season as a whole. And before we get into off-season content, I think starting on Friday, assuming the Islanders take care of their business on Wednesday night. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you all so much for listening slash watching throughout what has been a very chaotic and exhausting 2022-2023 season. I appreciate it so much. You all mean the world to me. And we'll do another one of these on Thursday, even though the vibes are still going to be a bit rough. So again, thank you all so much for listening and watching. I'll talk with you all on Thursday.